This morning, our message title is Born into the Darkness, Jesus Came as the Light. Born into the Darkness, Jesus Came as the Light. Brian, I forgot my clicker. I think it's sitting on my desk. Would you go grab it for me? And then I can control the slides there. This morning's message isn't probably a typical Christmas message, just like our last song wasn't a typical Christmas song, but it actually kind of was because Jesus came as the light, and as the light, he came to the earth, and he was born into the darkness. Thank you, Brian. Have you ever been without light? Been in a dark place? Maybe you're in a building and the power goes out. Have you ever been in a store and the power goes out? It's happened to me a couple times. You get stuck. Maybe you're on the side of the road and all of a sudden your car dies and you're out in the middle of nowhere. You're not in a city. It's dark. Absolute darkness can be kind of scary, especially if you can't see even your hand in front of your face. I went to Mammoth Cave National Park one time, and one of the opportunities they give you is as you go down into the cave, at some point they say, now everybody stand still, we're going to turn out the lights. And they turn out the lights, and it's complete darkness. Until everybody turns, picks up their cell phones and starts playing with them, then there's no darkness. But it's complete darkness. And they tell everybody, don't, don't get out your cell phones, don't turn on any lights. It's scary. After a couple minutes, you start to feel afraid. You even start to lose your balance because you lose the reference of where you're at. If you move a little bit in a cave, you're apt to trip. We were never meant to live in darkness, but this year has felt like there has been a lot of darkness. We were introduced to the pandemic known as COVID-19. Staggering numbers of people lost their jobs. Businesses have had to close their doors. Schools have had to adapt to remote learning. That caused parents and teachers and administrators to have additional weight placed upon them. Racial tensions are high in America, and we've just witnessed another divisive presidential election. We've lost loved ones. We've been isolated from being able to socialize with each other. Some grocery store shelves are empty. And I feel like there's been a general fear or stress over tasks that used to just seem mundane or simple or even easy. Now we enter into the holiday season. We're in the midst of it. There are normal pressures of this time of year. But they're exacerbated because of our current state. This can turn the merriest of carolers into the grunchiest of, grinchiest of Scrooges. Merry Christmas. So what hope 
does the Bible offer for us in the midst of our current situation? This morning I'm going to walk us through an answer the Bible gives to darkness. And it's an answer that takes a large portion of Scripture to cover. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning. These words are familiar These words usher us into the creation story. God creates. He begins to bring shape and form out of nothing. He takes matter that didn't previously exist. That blows my mind. He takes something that didn't previously exist and he begins to form stars and planets and water and land and animals and vegetation. But we're told in verse 2, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. There's darkness there in the beginning, but it doesn't take long. One verse later, God says, let there be light. You ever think about the concept of God creating light, that there wasn't light before and God created light? You see, darkness is not the end. There is light. Now as we jump ahead, there's the darkness of sin that begins to corrupt all of creation. The goodness that God repeatedly stated in Genesis, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good, is corrupted. Mankind gets so wicked, God has to create a storm that floods the whole earth. As dark storm clouds roll in and cause rain for 40 days. God chooses Noah and his family and animals to be saved. And at the end of 40 days, Noah opens the window and lets in the light. God makes a covenant with Noah that he will never again destroy the earth in this manner. Do you know what the covenant requires? It requires light to pass through rain, to pass through water. At the end of the darkness, there was light. That's just in the beginning of the book of Genesis. If we fast forward to Exodus, God calls Moses out of a burning bush. There's light. The nation of Israel was going through a very dark time, and God begins to lead his people out of Egypt with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He appears to Moses, and Moses' face, when he comes down from the mountain, is glowing so much that he has to use a veil to cover his face up, because he's been in the presence of God. Even in the midst of these dark times, there's light. We don't stop there. David writes many psalms that deal with this concept of light. Psalm 18, verse 22. For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord, my God, lightens my darkness. Psalm 27, verse 1, a psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light. To my path. 
on the in Psalm 139, it says, Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as, as the day, for darkness is as light to you. Talking about God's characteristics there. There are moments in the Bible of darkness where light enters in. Noah experienced the darkness and corruption of sinful man, and light entered in. Israel had been enslaved for 400 years, and light entered in. David had experienced many dark periods in his life, and light entered in. Moment by moment, there would be these glimmers of light, that there'd be hope. The nation of Israel leaves Egypt and is ushered into the promised land. And as they begin conquering the nations, there's an unlikely prophet named Balaam. He begins to actually prophesy about Israel, and he says this as part of his prophecy, I see him. This is a prophecy of Jesus Christ, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall arise out of Israel. A prophecy about Jesus Christ's arrival. In the book of Esther, Haman is convincing the king to annihilate all of the Jews. Esther goes before the king, and she's able to save her people, and the nation responds, and this is part of their response, Esther 8.16. The Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. Where did they get that light? Move forward a little more. During God's warning of an, of an invasion on the nation of Judah, he gives them hope through a prophet named Isaiah. He tells Isaiah to tell the people this. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. In the midst of these Dark times, God gives promises, but these promises would not be fulfilled for generations. And the light would come into the world in an unexpected way. We move to the Christmas story. More than 400 years after the last book of the Old Testament was written, the Jewish people had been waiting for a Messiah who would usher in redemption for them. We're introduced to a woman named Mary who was promised to Joseph in marriage. Their Jewish people weren't living a life of luxury. There were many hardships. They were living in the land that had been promised to them, but they were not living there as they had expected. It was being ruled by the Romans, and they were treated harshly at times. They were told how much to do, what they could do, when they could do it, who they had to pay. And those who ruled over them at times were brutal and merciless to them. But it was in the midst of this dark period that God chose to send light. Jesus is born. There's shepherds 
out in their fields watching over their flocks by night. There's darkness physically. Suddenly an angel appears to them and the Bible says the glory of the Lord shines around them. It's shown around them. You ever been asleep and somebody flips on a light and all of a sudden your eyes open and you're like, ah, I have to imagine that's kind of how the shepherds felt. They're out there in the darkness of night. Now, not completely black. I imagine a sky that has a moon and stars and so there might have been some light, but all of a sudden, boom. It's like somebody turned on stadium lights and there's an angel who's there declaring that their long-awaited Messiah has arrived. He's been born. The shepherds make their way to a dimly lit stable. A child who was born into the darkness of a barn. And they leave proclaiming the goodness of God. Testifying of His glory. Jesus is born into the darkness of the world. Jesus went from being in God's presence from all eternity past to taking on the form of a human and being born, not in a mansion, not in a palace, not in a castle, not even in a home, but in the dimly lit stable. Sometime later, we don't know when, but there were wise men who had seen a star and had learned that a king had been born. They're taken before Herod to inquire where this new king had been born, and we're told that Herod's not too fond of hearing about the possibility of a new king. After realizing he's been tricked by them, he commands all the children under two years old all the male children under two years old should be killed. And again, there's a great darkness that's all across the land. Matthew chapter 2 says this, A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. The grief, the sadness, the depth, the darkness that were surrounding the events of Jesus' birth. They were both literal events and figurative darkness. But even though there was darkness, God chose to send His Son at exactly the precise time that He needed to be sent. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman and born under the law. When the fullness of time had come, God chose exactly when he was supposed to send Jesus. In the book of John, John chapter 1, we're given a description of Jesus. It's not the traditional nativity scene. It's not the traditional Christmas story. But I think it's imperative to talk about as we think about the darkness that's in our lives. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We know that Word to be Jesus Christ. 
He was, in the, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Speaking of John the Baptist there. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world, verse 9. At the right time, God sent Jesus as the light into the world. Jesus came to fulfill the prophecies of the Old Testament. He came to be the long-awaited Savior, the light for the people of Israel, Yet, verse 11 tells us he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Jesus even spoke of himself as the light in the book of John. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Can't be much clearer than that. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Again in John 9, 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. We had our son back in November, and it's been interesting to think about how helpless a baby is, how much they need cared for. How much you have to do for them, basically everything. They can't sleep, so you have to try to get them to sleep. They can't eat, so you have to feed them. They can't change themselves. They can't, they can't do anything. So you're there. Jesus came as a baby, helpless. But even as a baby, he was the light of the world. The light chose to come and live among the darkness. In verse 5, we're told the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Have you ever thought about that Jesus didn't come and have to fix the darkness first? Like the darkness didn't have to be fixed and then God said, okay, now I can send my son. Jesus came to work in the darkness. It's not possible for darkness to exist where there's light. We have a lot of lights in the sanctuary here. If we, even if we turned out off all the lights, 
there would still be light because there's windows. Even if we closed all the windows and kind of taped stuff up across those windows, it would still be kind of light in here because light would bleed through. If there's just a little bit of light somewhere, it casts out the darkness. The early morning sunshine coming up at casts out the darkness. The switching on of a light bulb in your house, the turning on your cell phone in a dark room, the darkness dissipates. The darkness cannot exist where there is light. I said this year has felt pretty dark because of everything that's happened. The virus that happened, the social injustice, loss of family and friends. There's been so many things, but there's still been light. You see, Jesus coming as the light, being proclaimed the light, it didn't stop at his birth. It didn't stop during his life. It didn't stop even at his death. It didn't stop at his resurrection. Jesus is still the light of the world today, and I think he's shining so much brighter because we can look back on the past of the things that he has done and accomplished. In the book of Revelation, it's also written by John the Apostle. The Gospel of John was written by John the Apostle. And so some of Jesus' final words are given to us in the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 16, Jesus is speaking to him. Final words. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. So he's talked about all of the events of end times that are going to happen. All of the prophecy that will need to be fulfilled. It has not yet been fulfilled. And he says, I've sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. So that his churches today, churches from past generations, can look and can have hope. That Jesus will return and Jesus says, I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. Like the Jewish people awaited for hundreds and hundreds of years for the Messiah to return, we await the bright morning star's return. We look for the light. He gives us hope. Each new day. I want to wrap this up this morning with a few verses from early in Jesus' ministry. Jesus said these words to his disciples just to challenge us today. He said, you, speaking of disciples, us as today hear this, his disciples, you are the light of the world. But wait, Jesus is the light of the world. No, he said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, he's describing to them what it looks like to be the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let your light shine. The light we get because we are disciples of Jesus Christ. The light we receive because his light shines in us. We're then to let shine to others as well. You see, we can be light in the dark world because he is the light and he is the bright morning star. 
maybe you're feeling a little bit bah humbug this year. We need to look to the light. We need to lean on the fact that He is the light, that He will return. Focus on Jesus Christ and the darkness of your life will fade away. Second, we don't need to just lean on the light, but I think we need to be the light for others. Jesus calls us. He said, you are the light of the world. Does he say, you were the light of the world? You will be the light of the world someday. He says, you are the light of the world right now. Right now, you're the light of the world. I think being light for others can push out the darkness in our own lives. We need to be light for others who need to see it this Christmas season. I think about a lighthouse on a shore, casting light, ships that don't have lights or lose power. They can look and they can see the lights on the shore and they know where they need to head. They know where they need to go. On a stormy night, it guides them and the same thing is true for us as Christians. We're to be offering truth and love and light and the gospel into a dark world. We're to be those beacons for people. As churches, we're to be bright lights when we come together, when we serve a community. So my challenge this morning is this. Allow Jesus to be your light as you are a light for others this Christmas season. Would you pray with me? Father, there is darkness at times. We feel Both physical darkness, we see the violence in our nation. Spiritual darkness, we battle with in our lives as we work to cast off the sin in our lives. There's emotional darkness at times. But God, you are the light of the world. You are the light of all of those things. And where you stand, there can be no darkness. Father, help us as Christians to shine your light. Not hide it under a basket. But shine it for our loved ones, our family, our friends. To see the hope that we have in you. To see the life that we have in you, the life that was given to us because of the light of men who is Jesus Christ. God, may we be witnesses for you into the dark world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.